This is the Orthodox Conundrum on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. I'm Scott Kahn. We're heading towards the end of the summer. Rosh Chodesh Elul is coming up. Really, in a certain sense, this is a time for a summer hiatus. For that reason, I wasn't planning on doing an episode this week, but because of something which happened, something very, very minor, I decided I wanted to do a mini-episode, just something short, something to throw out there. And it actually is related, in some tangential way, to Rosh Chodesh Elul coming up, which means that now we're entering the 40-day period leading to Yom Kippur. Now, one of the most well-known ideas about Yom Kippur is the fasting, which we do on that day, but it's also well-known that we as Jews care about pikuach nefesh, saving a life. And for that reason, we are very, very careful to make sure that anybody who has a chance of being seriously ill, of potentially dying as a result of the fast, we don't allow that person to fast. Something which we take very, very seriously. In fact, with Chaim Brisker, it is said about him, was once asked why he's so lenient, why is he so makeil when it comes to fasting on Yom Kippur? And according to the story, he said, lenient about fasting on Yom Kippur? Chas v'shalom, God forbid. I'm just very machmir, I'm very stringent about pikuach nefesh, about saving a life. And that indeed is a fundamental Jewish idea. And Rav Soloveitchik himself, in his classic work, Halachic Man, quotes his father as saying that when he became a rabbi, and he asked his father, who was Rav Chaim Brisker, about what he has to do as a rabbi, one of the things Rav Chaim Brisker told him is that he must follow his stringency about pikuach nefesh. He must follow this idea of saving a life takes precedence over so many things, almost everything in Judaism. Saving lives is very, very important. Today I was driving down a dark road, It was already almost 8 o'clock. I picked up my kids. They'd gone bike riding. And there was a guy tailgating me. And not just tailgating me, but flashing his lights because I wasn't driving fast enough in his estimation. Now, I was driving around the speed limit. I was not driving slowly. I was not driving in some ridiculous manner. I just wasn't driving fast enough. He probably had to get to something. Maybe he had to get to Mariv. I don't know. And it made me think about something else which my wife told me that she saw, which was somebody posted on a local Facebook group, or maybe it was a local email group. And of course, we see these all the time. It's not a surprise to see them. But someone posted, everyone be careful when going on road X today, whichever road it was, because the cops are out and they're giving out tickets for talking on cell phones. So today, make sure you don't talk on your cell phone or don't drive down that street. And of course, that's good advice. Definitely don't talk on your cell phone on that street. But does that imply that you can speak on your cell phone or text or whatever on another street? Does that imply that when the cops aren't there, it's okay? Because that's what it kind of implied to me. That's kind of what my wife thought it meant. Tailgating somebody, speeding, talking on a cell phone while driving not wearing seatbelts while driving. These are things which people don't seem to take very seriously. These are things which can be potentially fatal. There are many sad examples of situations where they did lead to fatal accidents or, in the case of seatbelts, where people's failure to wear them caused people to die. And yet, 
as people who care about pikuach nefesh, as people who put pikuach nefesh, saving lives, as a value which trumps almost everything, which trumps Yom Kippur, it trumps Shabbos, as people who do that, why is it that we don't seem to care enough about these simple things which are absolute requirements of the halacha. They are clear derivations of the din, of the law which says we must be careful about human lives, our own and those of others. Now, people have complained to me at certain points throughout various episodes of this podcast that when I talk about an issue, I'm singling out the Orthodox community for a problem which exists in other communities as well, Jewish and non-Jewish. And I think that's true. I do single out the Orthodox community for doing things, and I'm not singling out other elements of the Jewish community or non-Jewish communities for doing the same thing. And it should be noted, I am not saying that Orthodox Jews are the only ones doing these things. That's not what I do in this podcast by calling out the Orthodox community when I think there's something that needs to be improved. What I'm doing is saying we are Orthodox Jews who say that we are following the will of God, We say that the Torah guides our life. We say that we live our lives in accordance with the divine will. And if we are going to say that that is our identity, then we must hold ourselves to that standard. So I am not saying in any of these cases that we are necessarily worse than anybody else. It could be in many of them. We're better than other people. It's possible. I don't know. But being better but not perfect isn't good enough. When things need to be improved, the fact that I can point to somebody else and say that he's even worse, at least in theory, might make me feel more comfortable. It might give me some comfort, but it doesn't mean that the problem is solved. In fact, it's a way of avoiding the reality. It's avoiding the fact that I should be better. So I am not trying to say that Orthodox Jews are necessarily worse than others when it comes to speaking on the phone when driving when it comes to not wearing seatbelts, when it comes to speeding, when it comes to other problems on the road, such as tailgating, when it comes to not being careful about putting our children, our little kids, in car seats or infant seats or boosters. I'm not saying that we're worse. I am saying that I am absolutely convinced that we are not where we should be. I have seen so many examples And I'm sure that every single person listening to this knows of so many examples where people just don't care about these things, not because they don't care about Bikuach Nefesh, but they just don't think about it. They don't think about the potential negative consequences of what they're doing or what they're not doing. I'm just going to look at one text. I'm just going to make this one phone call. It's only a five-minute drive. I'm really in a rush. Obviously, none of these people wants to get into an accident. And if they do get into an accident, none of them want to be less safe than they would have been otherwise. But no one really thinks it's going to happen to them. Everybody knows people who didn't think it was going to happen to them. But it happened to them. Just this past week, there were several reports here in Ramat Beit Shemesh of people hit by cars. They were in a crosswalk, and the car was speeding or not looking. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. But everybody thinks that it won't happen to me. Everybody thinks it won't happen to my child. 
Many of us have carpools, whether it's to school, whether it's to chugim, extracurricular activities, whether it's to Little League, whether it's to tennis lessons. Those of us who have children are used to this idea of carpool. And I'm sure that almost everybody who's had a carpool knows that there are some parents who are very careful about seatbelts and some parents who just aren't. Imagine a situation where one parent says to the other parent, I really insist on the kids having a seatbelt, and the second parent answers, wow, that's so impressive. You're so good about that. Is it really so good to make sure that if chas v'shalom, there's an accident, you're trying not to have anybody killed? Is that really our baseline? Is that really what we call so good? Imagine a case like that, where somebody says, it's so impressive that you care about seatbelts. It's not impressive. It's not impressive. It's obvious. And why don't some people do it? It's not because they have a philosophical or safety-based opposition to seatbelts, at least not 99.9% of the cases. No. It's because they just don't think about it and they don't think about what might happen. There's certainly no malice, but there also isn't foresight. No, no, no. These are requirements according to halacha. These are requirements according to logic. These are things that if we don't do them, and this is the time, this is the moment that something happens, because you can't only control your own driving, there are other people on the road too. Whatever it is, if this is the moment, God forbid. Imagine the lifelong guilt and terror you will feel for not having taken care of it, for answering that one phone call, for looking at that text, for writing that text, for not wearing the seatbelt, for not insisting that your child go in an infant seat, for putting an infant seat in the front seat because there was more room up there. These things are potentially fatal. And over and over again, religious Jews, among many other people, but too many religious Jews, do not care about it. They don't take it seriously. Years ago, my wife and I took an infant CPR course. And as part of the infant CPR course, the instructor also mentioned, as a side point, that it's very important that your infants have a child seat, a seat that's appropriate for that age. And that every time you go in a car, every single time you enter a vehicle, you must have that car seat with you. And I remember one person raised her hand And she asked, really, even if you're getting into a cab? And the instructor kind of smiled and shrugged his shoulders. And he said words which I've remembered and have stayed with me for all these years. He said, look, in real life, there's no rewind button. We're used to using our computers, watching a YouTube video, listening to music. And if you miss something, you press rewind. You go back a few seconds. You look at it again. In real life, there is no rewind button. That doesn't happen. You can't go back. You get one chance. And most of the time, the vast majority of the time, thank God, nothing happens. But what if today, what if this moment is that one time? What if today is the time that when you're on that phone call, Somebody straddles a lane and moves in front of your car. What if today is the time when you're on that phone call, 
a kid runs into the street, not at the crosswalk? What if today is the one time someone whams into your car and your kids aren't wearing seatbelts? What if today you're speeding because you want to get to Mariv on time and you get into an accident, a fatal accident? What will you say then? So I'm suggesting as we enter this time leading to Yom Kippur and as we enter the end of the summer, thinking about the various trips and Tiulim that people go on, rushing to get somewhere, whatever it might be. Think of seatbelts. Think of not using your phones in the car. Think of not tailgating. Think of all of these things, not just as a good idea, but as halachic requirements. In fact, if we think about them as absolute halachic requirements that derive from a law that trumps Shabbos and Yom Kippur. Think of the fact that pikuach nefesh, that care about life, v'chaibahem, you should live by them, not die by them. Think about the fact that these ideals almost typify us as Jews. They identify us as Jews, the fact that we care so much about life. That doesn't only mean not fasting on Yom Kippur when you're infirm. It also means being careful behind the wheel, being careful in somebody's car, And until you hear the click of the seatbelt, you don't drive. You don't drive your kid or anybody else in the car. If you don't have an infant seat, you get one. And if there isn't an infant seat available, you don't go in the car. If there's an important text coming in, pull over at the next exit, park, and look at it then. And if it's not important, turn off your phone or make sure there's no notifications because you don't want to be distracted. Don't let these things Take your life or your children's lives or somebody else's life away. Don't allow an anti-Jewish value of rushing to something instead of pikuach nefesh get the better of you. Let's go into Yom Kippur with an appreciation for pikuach nefesh 365 days a year. I'm Scott Kahn for the Orthodox Conundrum on jewishcoffeehouse.com. <laughs>